Getting Better Acquainted isn't just happening as a podcast. It's also going out in half-hour edits on Resonance FM. Those are shows selected from the first 100 episodes, edited down to half-hour tasty morsels of conversation that go out at 7.30 on a Thursday and 10 o'clock on a Friday on Resonance 104.4 FM. If you're in London, you may be able to get that on your radio dial. If you're outside of London, you can get that online by going to the Resonance FM website. There's very few moments these days where you will just sit down and have like an hour long intense conversation yeah. with somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe that maybe excuse it and you bring out more kind of self reflectivity than people might otherwise show. They might examine themselves a lot more because mm. it's that intensity of conversation. Okay, so it's recording now. I'll move my coffee out of the I put it yeah, I go I go, I I go and put it right in between the coffee and you. Just to give you the most awkward situation yeah. for coffee. So you'll I'm, get a really nice bang in the background when you when yeah I yeah sure i like to be a good host but then i've done a not very good hosting thing for you in terms of your coffee placement but i'm trying to get the best sound and that's all yeah I, I wouldn't worry about it too much again too much attention to detail you've already ascertained that i worry too much or think too much which is uh which is a very correct assessment of me hello i'm dave i'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together i need to get better I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Bryony. Hello, Bryony. Hello. Now, you're going to roll your eyes, and rightly so, I'm sure. But you have, as I've said before before we started, you are currently... Uh, I don't know, I may record other people who, who fit this bill more than you, but you are currently the youngest person that I have had a conversation with on this show. Yep, I think we should use that. There we go. If yeah. it's something that makes you unique, use it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it, it... When I was kind of... And we'll I'll ask you the normal questions in a minute. Mm. But when I've been thinking about doing this conversation with you, part of it was like, well this is an opportunity to have a conversation with a generation that I'm not part of, which sucks, because when I was your age, I, I did not ever think I'd be in the next... Like, yeah, I never thought it doesn't I'd be seem in the generation like after that. You know? There's that much... When, when people say the next generation, you know, I think of grandparents or parents' level or something like that. You're not parents' level, so... No, but it brought it home to me when I yeah. said to you earlier on the year 1995, <laughs> as an example... <laughs> Was it 1995? I said 1997. Yeah. And you said you'd have been five then. Well, I would have been 15 then. Ah. So that that would have been like my mid-teenage existence. Mm. And you weren't old enough to yeah. really be a part of the but culture in, a in that. shorter amount of time during those ages, you do a lot more growing up than you ever do in the rest of your life, if that makes sense. So mm. as you get older, the age gap always lessens. Yeah, that's really true. When I have conversations mm. with people in their 40s, there feels like much less of a gap than when I have a conversation with somebody in their 20s, yeah. uh, early 20s. Uh, late 20s is fine, because I think, you know, there is five years is, is not much of a difference at all. Mm-hmm. Although it is when you're a kid, I guess. Yeah. Because I'm six years older than my sister, between, and that's quite a big difference. Yeah, even between... I mean, like, what, my brother was 
like one brother is 14 and one is 17 and you know there's a huge gap now even though there's only three. Oh yeah but if you think how different you are between 10 and 12 these days I guess for girls huge amount growing up to do oh sh- teenage years are yeah. crazy I think it's like because I work with kids under five and oh, like in the first three years or something man the kids change so much like yeah. babies I work with babies sometimes and you see them change from a, a baby to a little boy or girl oh. and, and that's kind of <laughs> it's kind of crazy to see mm. before your eyes but but the, but there's a, a, a similar thing that happens in your teens isn't yeah. there like the, the, the whole maturity business uh that's mad I mean that's yeah and there won't be that kind of intense amount of changes in your body and your mind and all of these things because yeah. actually I mean teenagers um science suggests currently I don't I, I wouldn't be surprised if it if, if, if it's not right but but it does seem to be the case that teenage brains are different in terms of the way that they think I think I've like read something like this it's like yeah they can't feel the same kind of fear and things like that or yeah, have the same kind of relationship to, to they uh, have to have more sleep reactive. well yeah <laughs> well and eat yeah they eat a lot more but yeah. but but there's actual brain chemistry things of like mm. you take more risks when you're a teenager and you are less kind of aware of consequences you're much oh, more in the moment I can see the, that one but I don't know and those Some people are the I know never took any risks, so I dread to think what they're like when they've grown up then. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And actually, sometimes people who don't take risks or their teens... Oh, um, they end up overkilling it. They do it later. Yeah. yeah. It's exper- It's definitely... I think for the risks, yeah, it's experimenting time, isn't it? You're pushing boundaries and testing things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. I was sort of like thinking, where have I put my notes? <laughs> and as you said to me earlier on, you busted me. Um... In terms of, you said, oh, well, you said it's like a conversation, but you do prep work like an, like a real interview. And I do, but not like a real interview, because no. look, like... You don't have that's, questions. That's my, that's my, I'm not, I don't want to show you what they are, actually. Yeah, no spoilers. The other day I did one with someone and they literally read the whole list, so well, that's happened as well. Well, they, they read it on mic, so that's, uh, you know... I like the way that the, the conversations always have a slightly different flavour. Yeah, because I just figured it would just go off all over the place. Like, you know. I mean, today's conversation has the flavour of having the sound of the heater in the background occasionally. Just as well. Yeah, just. it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, very, it's, it's mm-hmm. December 2012. I'm liking it, though. If a weather is going to do something, it has to do, like... In stages, you know, something you extreme. Embrace it, and you know, I like to move with the seasons. I kind of adaptable. I enjoy winter, but I love the summer more. But, oh, you know, wow. I like this. I like the sense of time changing. So, I like my favourite seasons are spring and autumn because hmm. I like it when things are changing, when they're yeah, in exactly. flux. Well, you're kind of in the moment of change when you're in the like winter time. It's like all of a sudden, it's really how winter's supposed to be. If that yeah. makes sense, and you can kind of. Yeah, I get, definitely prefer, get in the mode. I prefer a winter to be wintry, mm. definitely. And I prefer a summer to be summery, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so the first question that deep. I ask everyone... It, yeah, it, it did turn out a bit deep by accident. The first question that I ask everyone is, how do you know me? Uh, I, can't, I emailed you, didn't I? Yeah. You did. I heard the this podcast, actually. So who would have thunk I would have ended up on it one day? And just, yeah, just told you that I thought it was really interesting. I study radio and ask a few questions and I always kind of wondered what you thought about that 
Like, what, just you out of the blue. Me? Yeah, just... It was ace. <laughs> I mean, I've had a few interactions with fans, I guess, mm. uh, yeah, or listeners. Get, like, yeah, how many listeners do you get now per episode? Um, per episode at the moment, we're getting between around about 250 and Four hundred and fifty. It that's depends on really the episode. Really good. I'm really pleased. That's yeah. a lot more people than you know. So some of them yeah. must not be friends. That's right. <laughs> they definitely are people who I don't know, and I've had communications from them. I've had occasional criticisms, and I've had some very engaging and interesting conversations actually mm. with people. I'm going to cover a lot of that in in the hundredth episode. I'm going to do some uh, correspondence stuff. Mm. You know, to, um, read out some of the emails. But yeah, no. Recently, I had a. I, I got into a slight argument with someone on Twitter and as a result, somebody who listens to the show, who follows both of us on Twitter, emailed me to, and we had a very complicated discussion about feminism. And she was around your age, she was 20. Okay. I was very impressed, which is a patronising thing to say and I would have been very annoyed by that if I was 20. When I was tw- Oh man, I was thinking about when I was 20 today and I like I thought I knew everything. Like I properly thought I knew everything. Like... 20-year-olds that I meet like this, like you, or the the woman I'm talking about who I had a conversation with about feminism, they're not so up themselves as I was. You're much more, you know, you're much more reasonable people. But when I was 20, I was not reasonable. Things change too fast now, man. You can't know everything. There's like, there's just, there's essentially, there's too many things to know that you're aware of. And so you can't, I think that you can't possibly, does that make sense? Like there's, there's too many things to know. So assuming that you knew... Everything. Yeah, I mean, I didn't literally think I knew. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I, but I, yeah. I, I just thought, you know, like why? I guess I spent a lot of time thinking, why don't people take me seriously? Why don't people recognise that I have lots oh, to God, offer dreading, the world? You know, dreading when people take me seriously. Uh, I don't want that. To, I turned twenty, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh God, everybody's gonna like that. Just it just sounds yeah. a lot more kind of. Oh yeah, wait for thing. it. Wait for it. I mean, mm-hmm. it gets worse. Oh, oh yes, this is my cat. I love this is, cats. This is Poppy Cat. Oh hello, Poppy yeah. Cat. Like cat's part of her name. Yes, Good. Poppy Cat. Yeah. C A T. Like the it's like a the children's character. It's so Poppy Cat's not our cat. Aww. You're making a cameo. Yeah. Um, she's welcome. not. She's not our cat. She's my sister's cat who lives in the house. Yes, she will sit Does on your lap. Like your, yeah, but she scratches. Yeah. Uh, but she in a, an affectionate way. Yeah. But like, so I, I, I deal with that scratching. But I would, you know, if you, I'm if, happy with cats. if you're Come comfortable with that, there you go. Yeah. We had a cat growing up, and so, and then we didn't ever replace him, and I missed him. <laughs> yeah. No, Poppy Cat is not our cat. Um, mm. And she's quite temperamental, but in the winter she gets affectionate because she's oh, cold. And yeah, like, she oh. wants some. Oh, and I'm nearest the fire. Yeah, mm. I guess so. Although, yeah, you're 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 quite a, a thin person. Yeah, I'm posing to, a challenge for Sit on. Yeah, I'm sorry, Poppy Cat. <laughs> Go and tell me the story of her name, and I'll tell you how I named my cat. Okay, so Poppy Cat was named by my niece. No, my great my great niece, who was. Niece. I have great nieces because my dad is older than most dads, and oh, so I see. my niece is older than me, and her daughters are my niece, great nieces. Uh-huh. And <laughs> Poppy Cat is making it very complicated. She's moving from you to me, and uh, <laughs> now she's on can... just one of my legs. Yeah. I don't know what she's doing. That's all right, cat's awkward. <laughs> so anyway, the niece named her, and she was a child. And there's just some children's books called Poppy Cat. And oh, so okay. she called her after Poppycat. It's kind of that's what I would. Yeah, about. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's what 
it's very embarrassing. I don't like calling Poppycat out and making people thinking that that's what I would have named my cat, you know. Um, but that's that's the way it is. And I'm not really a cat kind of guy. I don't mind cats, oh, okay. but I like dogs. We had a dog growing up. Oh, I see. It does it, like change you the way, doesn't it? I guess so. Unless so what, what did you name your cat? Well, it's a gripping tale of me being six years old. We went to go and choose some little kittens and I wasn't really sure why mum and dad we just moved house and so I guess mum and dad were like right permanent base let's build it full of animals so we went to go get a cat it was really exciting we took one home he was a little ginger tom and so of course he's ginger so I imaginatively called him tiger tiger <laughs> tiger That's it's nice. the most boring name ever and he had to live with it but I was six to be fair tiger's alright though did he, he, did, did he grow into his name not at all he was a, the massivest paddy you ever did see. <laughs> like, you th- say poppy cat's awkward when she's trying to sit on people's laps. He would... He, he liked people a lot. He liked to be with you. So maybe sometimes I'd be sitting with my knees curled up under me with my feet on the sofa. Yeah. He would sit in the gap between my knees and my chest, in between, <laughs> like, under my chin, yeah. just, just to kind of squeeze and be in there, even though he was just... <laughs> yeah, he was massively too big for that kind of thing. <laughs> Normally, poppy cat doesn't like people. She's... Bit peculiar. She's very feral uh, in the mm. summer, but when in the winter she has this kind of love-hate thing where she yeah. wants to be with you, but then she also resents being with you. So she kind of that's okay. That's what I like about cats. You see, you can like just kind of like you can be as mean to them as they are to you, and they don't mind. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> I don't mean like I wasn't abusive. No, no, no. I, 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 I absolutely agree yeah. with you. That is true. If you're when, mean, if you're mean to a dog, you feel really guilty. Mm. But if you're mean to a cat, it feels like it's reciprocated and it's yeah, stalemate, exactly. and it's all right. I mean, you know, obviously, just non-physical meanness. Yeah. yeah. Now, if there's a big crash, listeners, it's because Poppy Cat is sitting on my lap, and she's. I've got these headphones on, and she's going to maybe pull them off. Pull the pull the microphone over. It's very so I will try and focus on the job at hand. Probably can't just. It's going to be. Down. Maybe we should. Are we creating enough of a visual picture? Is well, this I think gripping this, listening? This, this, if it's not <laughs> gripping, I'll cut. cut it. So, um, yeah. Now I feel like a Bond villain because <laughs> uh, I'm stroking a cat while while it while kind of talking to you. Um, yeah. So you you reached out to me. When did you? How did you find the show? Oh yeah, I've totally forgotten where we were. Um, I can't remember. It was only a few months ago. Yeah, that's I... right. It's not long at all. It's a lot been... has happened in these last like two or three months. Like, yeah, I knew that it would do. Well, this is a, a, this is why people shouldn't write into getting better acquainted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, these these few months have just been like completely different to the whole of the rest of the year. I'll tell you, it's been quite exciting. It's been a good year. You should ask me about my year. Oh, okay. Well, I will ask you yeah. about your year. So but, how did um, you find? Yeah, how did you find I honestly it? don't remember. I must have just been. I'm. I'm really interested in radio. Obviously, I study it. I must have been just looking for new types of. Was it through in the dark? Maybe. Were you checking out in the dark? No, I don't think I'd heard about it at that point. That was just coincidence that I liked and I knew in the dark already. Yeah. Well, anyway, I anyone must in have radio been, probably knows in the dark. It must have. Been, yeah, just a, probably like a link on an internet or something like that. Wow. Anything. I like. I like, like speech radio. And what was the first I episode you heard? Whatever was at the top, I guess. It okay. would have been like, wouldn't have been that long ago, so it would have been in the early 80s, are we up to? Early 70s? Or late 70s? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I I think kind we're on 91. I do uh, pick next them through week. the 90 archive. this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you've gone back and listened to them. It's interesting. Yeah. I just choose who, like, 
it by the person who I think sounds interesting. You read the blurb, mm. which makes me... I always like it when people read the blurb because yeah. it makes me it feel like it, there's a point in me writing those blurbs. Of course, you can't tell what you're going to be hearing if you just hear the name Alex or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the last word I might have listened That's right. To. Yeah. But see, it was quite... It sounds weird, but it serves a good function for me because I like to listen to um, speech radio when I'm going to sleep. Like, I just... I can't just lie there in yeah. silence. So I'll always have something on. But a lot of programmes are too short and of just speech radio they're always like half an hour 45 minutes and if I think that I'm not going to fall asleep in that time this sounds really mean I can see this going somewhere no, to no, really no, insulting I put it on and then I'll kind of fall asleep by the end of it I, mean, I, do, I sometimes do that too I do that when I'm away from home oh, okay. do, you want, do you want to make any more noises? hey do you want to make any more noises? she's adorable eat some, eat, eat, she, she's got a, a bell and she was eating to just explain what the sounds were what so, do you listen to then if you couldn't listen to your own? If I, well, I don't yeah. listen to my own. I mean, I edit my own, but yeah, I, I listen really to other people. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty big podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I listen to WTF with Mark Maron. I listen to a lot of conversation podcasts, but I also listen to This yeah. American Life. I listen to uh, Savage Love. I listen to... Do you have to link me some good ones? Like I'm looking to oh man, expand I am, my repertoire. I am a big, big podcast geek. Like if there is, like if I had to go on Mastermind at the mm-hmm. moment, probably podcasts yeah. would be my specialist subject. I think the problem for me is like finding them. Is yeah, because there's obviously there's so millions many. of yeah. websites to trawl through, but there's no. I don't think that there's a good enough. Well, not that I've discovered, like, central hub for discovering them. I mean, sure, you can search on iTunes and just yeah. put in, like, comedy podcasts or something like that, but that comes up with all Do you have a smartphone? Yeah. You could try Stitcher Smart Radio. It's mm-hmm. a free app, and that's, like, a, a streaming podcast thing, and it has a, a front page and it links yeah. things up. It tries mm-hmm. to be a filter and aggregator as mm-hmm. well as a device yeah, for listening. Yeah, somewhere to keep, like, a repertoire of them all to, like... Yeah, you might be interested as well mm-hmm. in a very cheap that so Stitch is free. This one's yeah. very cheap app called the Super Times. Um, I work with them for a bit, and it's basically like it it, like, it, it selects you like a ma- it's like a magazine. So it selects okay. you a, a kind of it gives you a a bag of podcasts per That's, week, I think, or something like that. That sounds good because it is. It's you know usually I find my stuff just through. Like Twitter's actually really good for it because I follow a lot of people who are into radio, obviously, yeah. and so they'll link other things like American stations, and they'll have interesting programs. And no, I'm obsessed with that. I mean, I'm always looking for new podcasts as well. I'm, I'm, I'm very yeah. much like. In fact, that's you're reminding me. I've got to check out. I've got to follow up on a, on a lead someone gave me the other day for a good, interesting sounding podcast. That's a cul-de-sac to walk down in terms of conversation. <laughs> oh, I could talk about that for hours. Well, I, yeah, I could too, but I'm, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to get better acquainted with you rather than just talk yeah. about podcasting. We kept digressing. Well, that digression is fine. Yeah. What has your year been like? Ah, this year has been... Okay, it started off with... So, I don't, I don't know, where did you spend your New Year's? <laughs> where did I spend yeah. my New Year's? Like your New God, Year's that's like where a were year you? back ago. I was in this house, I think we got drunk too early and then we fell asleep and then we, I think we didn't even manage to be there for New Year. I think that sounds about right. It sounds like a good, that's, just, that's a decent start to the New Year. <coughs> I was sitting on my living room floor watching, I think it was the original 
uh, I don't know, some original horror movie, and it was really, really bad. What's the one where... Halloween? Oh, no, it's um, it's the one where these alien plants grow clones of people. Um, Day of the Triffids? No, no. Oh. There's something experimental. Some, anyway. Someone listening knows yeah, the answer, and they think I'm an idiot for not being, <laughs> not knowing it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that was, that was on TV. So I was sitting downstairs. Everyone was asleep upstairs, but I was too excited to sleep because at five in the morning we were going to leave for Manchester, so I could catch my flight to Canada because I went to study abroad this year. That's right, because it does say that you've been to Toronto on your on your Facebook. So I was I was I was going to get there eventually. So what? Oh, you, there we go. So you went to Toronto. Yeah, I chose to do a semester at another university from like January to April, and I flew out on the first of January and arrived in like a whole new country, and then in between we did a little bit of travelling while we were there and then I spent the summer kind of travelling across Canada Did you go on your own or did you go with friends? You went went on your own? Yep, all by myself Yeah, but I made like I made the best friends out there that I think Oh no, shush Somebody I made some really good friends for life who are of equal quality of my other friends (laughs) I don't think anyone would have taken the best friends to be a competition you'd be surprised Okay (laughs) That ties in neatly with the second question that I ask everyone, which is, what do you do now? And now, well, I arrived back to, like, home and the UK and real life and everything in the end of July. So I spent a month at home, just with my parents, because I didn't have anywhere to live down here in London where I study. And then I got back in September, and all of a sudden, it was back to, like, third year of university, where I study radio production at the University of Westminster, and I kind of had to get like reacquainted with everybody that I hadn't, like all my course, old course mates and all my old friends and catch up on all of their news and work out how things were different because a lot changes in yeah, sure. eight months or however long I was out of it and just had to catch everything up. And then now it's all go because we're about, we're preparing to leave basically. So we're kind of just trying to make as many like contacts with the outside world of radio and looking towards potential employment and the the void but you're doing that, that kind of stuff thing. do you know what like I mean I guess there were probably some people doing that in my university I was not one of them I was, <laughs> I was you know really involved in the moment mm-hmm. you know in, in doing what I was you know making stuff yeah. then but not but oh, I'm not I, really I did have some plans yeah I would you've say gone a, out there and, I, I, I don't, don't have like a plan or anything like that I'm kind of just doing what I enjoy yeah but that's the I guess that's the difference in a weird way I did have plans Mm -hmm. but what I didn't do is do things like you're doing which is like go out and try new things out like you you because one of the things when you approached me and then I got back to you and I said to you that sounds great like that you're interested in those things would you like to come and do some recording for us at Spark because we're desperately looking for somebody I didn't expect that I was like wicked (laughs) yeah I mean and now you're doing like you're in my stand-up tragedy team as well I mean and, and and that's like because you had the guts to get out there and like send that email and stuff. I don't know. I not I've, everybody would do that. It's quite I've kind never, of tenacious. I've never done it before this year, but um, I've kind of got a lot more confident at it. Like I've got, you know, some people get back to you. It's you realise that it's not the end of the world, and some people do. And it's I really enjoy how random it is. Like you, you never know what you're going like. Yeah. Who will say yes and where well, it will lead, and well, it's exciting finding out. 
I mean, I've only learned this for like the last four years or something. Like, I, I'm I'm finding that with with stand up tragedy, with uh, getting better acquainted, the people like like you send out an email, and then the next thing I know, I've got people who I never thought I'd get on the show coming on the show, you know, and 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 they've all been really excellent conversations. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's it. But I didn't learn that till really late, so I'm impressed with you in in that respect. Mm, thanks. I guess they well, they do put a lot of pressure on you at uni because uh, my course is like. I think the idea of it basically is like a lot of people will end up they'll be work like probably employed with a job and all that kind of stuff to a part time by the time they finish. It's it's a very much link you with the industry kind of course. It's okay. not it's not academically great. So it's kind of designed like as almost like an apprenticeship into radio. If you like, I guess because there's not a lot of other ways to teach it. Like we'll no. have very little contact time. We'll be I've been left for the last like six weeks to kind of do my own thing, make my own schedule with whatever project we're doing. And, you know, they just, yeah, they very much leave it up to you. Like, next year, I'm not going to be going in at all, basically, really, to do dissertation. But (laughs) (laughs) apart from that, yeah, the idea is just to have loads of other things, follow your own interests, you know. No, it's a sensible approach. Mm -hmm. And and I I do think it... I think maybe as well the fact that you're in London helps this situation. That's that's one of the main appeals, of course, you know. You only have to walk around Soho and you're like, okay, there's that studio that you can work at, there's that studio, there's that production company, they use that studio down the road. And it's great. It's, yeah, it's we kind didn't... of sad how, in a way, I guess, how location-based it is. Yeah. But... Well, I was up in Lancaster and we had like the student radio station or we had like local radio maybe. Mm. And then like, that, you know, there, there wasn't the same kind of opportunities, yeah. I think. I think we are. Yeah, we're totally spoiled at Westminster. Like, <laughs> it's great. A lot of the, it's it's also kind of a prestige thing. Like, a lot of the graduates have gone on to get really good jobs in radio, and so either you'll find that somebody know. It's like a it's the ultimate know. networking. Yes, yeah. ultimate. It's that completely. It's who you know, not what you know. And London does give you the opportunity as well to do things like you did, which is like like just reach out to people who are doing stuff. Yeah. Like at any level, you can just reach out to them and potentially see them or whatever. It, it does give you that opportunity here. Exactly. Kind of cool. Yeah. Like the other day, it was cool because on a whim, this is a good like, nice bragging example. It's quite interesting. On a whim, I emailed one of the assistant producers for the Jeremy Vine show, and he like I was like, oh, this is never going to come of anything. He doesn't know who the heck I am, or anything like that. I just said a nice email. I listened to the Jeremy Vine show. I, f- I think it's a very interesting show. And um, he was like, oh, you should email our editor and work out a day that you can come sit in the studio. So I did. And then there go. there's a whole other level. Like, I've got to go. I went in on Wednesday. That's I cool. just sat down. And just That's good of them to do like. that as well. I know, it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. Like, you can learn so much just by watching. Mm. See, that's what I kind of... That's what I admire, like, in you at your age uh, is that when I was your age I wasn't doing what you're doing which is very intelligent what you're doing which is learning <laughs> which is looking, <laughs> looking at what's going uh, on and learning you know actually don't, don't make me sound like so productive and like I'm not like there's a, probably there's other areas that I'm probably massively lacking in I'm not saying you're a perfect sense. person yeah. but I'm saying that you you're, you know you're you're learning things and your your mindset is one of 
learning. But you've got a lot of ideas yeah. as well. I've enjoyed that about our, yeah. our, which is our brief acquaintance so far. But I'm, know. I'm you know, it's good. Yeah, and no, I, I looks like we're going to be seeing quite a lot of each other this year as well. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll become more friends. Yeah. So okay, so let's see. Check the time. Wow. We're doing pretty well for. Uh, really, because we haven't covered. We haven't covered anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oops, <laughs> I told you I can talk for it. I've got it off my mum. Like I can. The more, the older I get, the more I am turning into her, which is great because it means that we get on like really well. I think now. That's handy. And, yeah. So we have a lot in common, and but her gift of the gap is completely like small talk. <laughs> you are good at talking to people and <laughs> yeah. I think that's something I noticed as well like cause you've been thrown in like I think I feel like a little bit like we sort of thrown you in a little bit of the deep end like going up I, I, one of the I, for example one of the things I find hardest about mm. doing spark recording which I've done occasionally yeah. is going up to people and saying hi would yeah. you like to could you do the intro for the podcast like and they're like no, um, I'm living my life in a pub, trying exactly, to have a conversation with, with my friends. friends. Exactly. Well, I'm not going to lie. It is kind of like, oh, God, who do I approach? But I don't know. I don't really think about it. You just kind of... I guess there's like a kind of a thought process behind it. I'll like look at somebody and work out subconsciously, would I be interrupting them from having a conversation? Is their body language like open to me so that I can literally go up to them? And then when I do approach them, I just put on like a massive smile beforehand yeah, yeah, yeah. and have some like jokey bantery lines ready about, you know, are you here to see Spark? Are you? It sounds really, it makes me sound really fake when I put it like no, that. No, but, but what's impressive about the way you do it is it doesn't, it doesn't come across fake. And I don't think it is that fake. Like I think that you... I don't you, mean it to be. It's you're just, quite in the moment though. You genuinely, you, you, you seem, and I think you might be interested in people. Oh yeah, and I like people. <laughs> yeah, and I think, but I think that's a good good skill to have as someone who wants to do radio, who wants to do interviews, and well, you're obviously stuff. really interested in people. I am. You could, otherwise, you wouldn't spend hours a week listening and talking about. Them. No, I am. You're right, yeah. but I'm neurotic about it uh, and the way that I engage with people. Certainly in that kind of thing, I'm really aware of the fact that I'm, you know, I'll be I'll be like a very apologetic mm. about what I'm doing, and when you're apologetic, it makes people think that you should be apologising. Ah, I've just, and I, yeah, I know that, but mm. I can't. I like, can't. For example, when you were when you'd go to a party with somebody, and you met somebody new, who would be asking more of the questions? Because like I always find that about myself is that it's not like interviewing or interrogating, but I will always just be getting the other person to talk about themselves, just because. Yeah, you naturally interview, like just in the way you in, engage. Like certainly, mm. like. But do you do it as well? Because I can't be the only person. No, I, I talk. If I go to a party, I will not shut up about whatever's in my head. And sometimes I'll listen and sometimes I'll have good conversations with people. I find parties very strange uh, social things to engage with. Sometimes I'm really in the mood for them. But uh, I'll either be like spiky and weird in the corner or I'll be the life and soul of the party. I, with age, like I have this kind of... Jen thinks I'm... My girlfriend thinks that I am too obsessed with people's ages, and um, like that I'm like a, kind of always thinking about how you're twenty, or always thinking about how other people are like fifty or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm always thinking about my own age. But I, I don't think I'm like. And there's almost the implication sometimes when she talks about it that I'm almost prejudiced against, like not prejudiced against it, but prejudiced about age. Do you think that people should 
like is there a certain way that you expect them to act or do you just find it interesting if they do kind of correspond or, or contradict with your expectations ah uh, good point I like it when they don't meet my expectations but I do have expectations mm-hmm. But what I think is interesting about age is acknowledging it. Because I think we spend a lot of our time bluffing in life, you know? Like, I'm cool with acknowledging, like, uh, age or race or sexuality or any of these things. Mm -hmm. I think that that doesn't make you prejudiced. It makes you interested in people. But it can come across as prejudiced. So apologies if I come across as prejudiced in advance. So you're 20 years old. Yes. What the hell is that like these days? Hmm, good question. Um, well, in regards to what, in regards to say like how I see myself or how I think other people see me or what's expected of me or Yeah, it's a big, it's a very open question, isn't it? It's, it's not as specific as I would have, as I should have come up with. Let's, th- let's see. So when I was 20, okay, mm. it's more about, in a way, I guess my question, what I want to ask isn't even about being 20, I think. Yeah. What I want to ask is what it's, what it's like to be a teenager going up to 20 in your generation. Yeah. So, like, mm. you live in a... It, I was born in the... Uh, okay, uh, so when I was about 12 or 13, I, the internet started becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't really exist before that in a, in a way that was in everybody's home. I didn't have like a permanent connection to the internet till I was no, a I, student. I remember all of that kind of thing. I mean, we didn't get we got a computer when I was about nine or something. We were quite late to it. All. So you were quite late. Yeah, adopters. and then we only had some crummy dial-up because I lived in a village in the middle of the countryside. So we had no internet signal basically, and like I'd be allowed in it once a week because it was really slow and really expensive. And yeah, and it just wasn't really. It kind of became. It was more of a thing with my friends because they had more access to it, I guess, and I wanted to be part of that world, obviously. Because yeah. know, if I wasn't on social new first social networking sites, I couldn't. But yeah, now I don't. It, it's all of, all of that. It's something that you just ad- adopt and you don't even question it. Yeah, but I mean that, that's the thing. I mean, I guess mobile phones would have been more pre- present in your life, like for longer. Like I didn't get oh, a mobile yeah. phone until I was at uni. I wasn't a teenager with a mobile wow. phone. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not one of those people who's like attached and obsessed with no, my phone. I'm no. not on it constantly. Or I really, you're like the re- reverse of the stereotypes. Like, I'm always on my phone. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, pretty chill. I couldn't, like, for sure, I couldn't function without it. I mean, yeah, you need it for like maps. And they did for years, you know? Yeah. No, I, I did a bit this summer actually because I was, yeah, I had you when I was traveling around. My, because Canada's. Don't get me started on the Canadian mobile phone systems. Ugh, they're horrible. It's such a huge country that basically one phone from one end of the country didn't work at the other end. And so I was phoneless. And so when you're trying to, you know, find like a hostel or whoever's supposed to be meeting you in this strange town, it's really difficult without a phone. It's really difficult. I don't know what people... Because sometimes I do wonder, back before there was even like telephones in homes and stuff, how did you meet up with somebody? You would have had to plan like a week in advance or something yeah. whereas now I guess that's kind of backfired in a way because it really now we can just be really late so you can just text them and go I'm going to be late yeah. and it just 
there's pros and cons to both systems. Mm, that's they c- certainly. I now am at the point where, yeah, I go out with a phone and I find my way with my maps and I don't plan in advance. But mm. I certainly spend my teens. You know, you had to say, well, come round at this time or meet at the like this yeah. place at this time, and you kind of had to be there. People were still a bit late, but you know, <laughs> you kind of had to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. All right. I guess maybe 10 years isn't that that big a gap in this respect. I mean, I really want to know what it's like, I don't know, for 12-year-olds now, like how the hell that is, because it does seem such a different world to the world yeah. that when I was 12. And it probably even seems like that to you, does it? Yeah, like I'm amazed at what kids can do with technology and stuff now. And Well, just that, like, when I... OK, when I was a kid, I yeah. could play out, like... There was no none of this fear of gets, safety. Yeah, like now that, is that there is. Yeah, is that just a recent thing? Because I know, or maybe it's just where I live. But yeah, I also remember just getting kicked out the door basically and go come back when it's dark, and then that was it. I mean, well, that was you were you. So you grew up. I was in, a country kid, and you grew up in North Wales, yeah. No. South Wales? No. Okay, go Suffolk. For it. Okay, <laughs> and I didn't think you had the right accent for uh-huh. that, but you went to a. You went to a, a Welsh school at some point. Yes, I would have done, but I'm complicated. Basically, okay, let's go for it. Let's basically, go for it. Right. until I was five, I lived in Essex, and then we moved to Suffolk, and I lived there till I was about 14. Then we moved to North Wales, and then I lived there up until I was 18, and I still kind of do live there, I guess you could say, because that's where my parents live, and that's my permanent home. Yeah. And then, but then I go to uni in London, and I've been doing that for three years. So maybe I've been also living in London too. Okay, so you're like me, and that you have a complicated. Like I, I lived in, uh, I lived in Norfolk till I was three. Then I was in North Wales in a small village till oh, I man, was. So similar. Yeah. Yeah. To... Yeah. 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 So I, I and I, I was there till I was eight. Then I went to Coventry in the Midlands, which I don't recommend. And then I went to. When I was 12, I went to Cardiff, which is where I grew up until I was 18 when mm. I left for uni. Yeah. So we've had a similarly... Comp- like, you've changed schools a lot. You've changed schools, what, sort two times at least? Sort of. Yeah, I didn't go to school in Essex. Because um, you were up to five. Yeah, I was too young. I was late starting primary school because of the move, I think, something like that. But, yeah, then we had a primary school, a middle school, and a high school, and then another high school when I was in Wales and then that's it so you had a kind of okay so you 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 swapped when you were 14 Mm -hmm. so that's a couple of years older than where I was at what the what was that like I'm gonna tell I was not happy about moving like I don't know it's kind of a like looking back and now I was obviously being like just just picture your ultimate selfish moody teenager ever I just the move just transformed me into that. I, it was a horrible time. I was a horrible to like my mum and everything, and it's something that I really regret. And obviously, I would never act anywhere like anything like that. But the time you're fourteen, and all you can think is, "Oh, woe is me! I'm going to a strange place, and I've only just made friends in this school, and now they're taking me away from it. And I'm gonna have to make, you know, because you've got all those like self, like all those kind of doubts and stuff that." I guess I expected to never... I just made like a group of friends in my high school and I expected I'd never be able to make friends ever again and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I was horrible about it. But then I moved and I made like some way better friends and the school was way better. Uh, like, as in they're just... 
they actually had funding, you know, that kind of thing, for example. So you had to kind of do something, and I got a good education, and I made some really, really great friends up there, and then things were fine. <laughs> okay, that, well, that makes sense. I had a, a really hard time when, I, when we moved yeah. for a while, for quite a while, and then, yeah, I made friends. Yeah, I don't know if... I guess, like, it seems easy, but it takes... I don't know about you, but, like, acquaintances are fine, but it takes me a long time to make... Like really, really tight friends. Yeah, I, I'm I'm only really satisfied with really tight friends. So I do try to get to a very tight place with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prefer it as well. I think I get there quicker these days than I used to. Mm. But, but when you're twelve and moving, oh man, it was hard, way. especially moving between England and Wales. And oh yeah, and then you got like, yeah, I mean, I was bullied at school quite a lot, and I was a loner and I didn't have any mm. friends for a long time. Sorry, I kind of had that period as well. Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting that impression. Mm. And you know when you're like, what you're talking about in terms of being a typical teenager type, rebellious kind of horrible person and you wouldn't be like that Mm. now. That's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of brain chemistry. I think people are more susceptible to be that way when they're a teenager and you do look back and you think... How mm-hmm. did I behave? Who was that? Yeah, who was literally who was that? You're in a box. Like I had just had no consideration or awareness that other people, my my actions had consequences yeah. and effect an effect on other people's feelings. For yeah. like that. My mum was a it sounds horrible, but you know, obviously she's a real person. <laughs> she's got feelings too, but you just don't think. About no, that. but horrible. I don't. I don't think you're alone in that. Mm. Like I think a lot of the time, <laughs> Poppy Cat is being amusing, but uh, a lot of the time. That's how people are when they're, they're teenagers, I think. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think, a lot of the time, relationships with mothers between girls, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a tough time, because yeah. I think you're you're having all of these hormonal changes, and, like, who understands that the best out of your two parents, like your mum does? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and So they're, has, like, they reliving their with, traumas. They have to deal with you changing as well. Like, yeah. I, you know, it's quite interesting when my mum and my dad will say kind of acknowledge that I'm either kind of growing up or growing up or I've done something rituals you know it makes you it makes you realize that they have to deal with time passing and yeah that kind of stuff. no that's right mm. and yeah. I think it's hard for them as well it's hard for parents because they relive their teenage experiences yeah. as well at the same as the same time as having to deal with teenagers oh god Daven. <sighs> I got back from Canada it's only been so it'd been eight months or something and my youngest brother is 14. So when I left, he's like a little cherub, you know, lovely ginger hair, yeah. smiley. He'll talk to you. He's got so many mates. I get back. He's taller than me. He's yeah. got like a massive rock fringe and just kind of grunts at you and spends yeah. all his time in his bedroom. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yeah. But luckily... You'll I get think... to know him again. That's oh, how yeah. it goes. That's, what, that's how we deal with you know, his awkward teenage... Sorry, Rodri, if you're just ever listen to this. But if you, that's how we deal with his... When, you know, when he's giving you grief or whatever, when he's not being responsive or yeah. not taking his cups down, you just... You tease him for being a moody teenager, basically. You've yeah. got to acknowledge that he's... He'll snap out of it. He will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... I think... 
like it's a it's a funny thing as well. Like it sounds like you got quite a gap between you and them, a little bit of a gap. What? So mm. what's he? Seven, seven, he's fourteen. So he's fourteen. He's my youngest. Yeah. So there's. It's more of a what six do years if you think about over it? Over six really, years. What do I have in? No, six years. Yeah. I'm not very good at maths. So there's the same amount of distance between you and your young youngest brother as there is between me yeah. and my little sister. There's a middle one. Sam, and, 17 yeah. in between. And my older brother is six years as well. And I think oh, when you've got... that's a, a big, big yeah, chunk when you, you. When you, Yeah. When you've got a six-year gap, though, I think you do end up where one of you is an adult and one of you is a teenager, mm-hmm. and then you have to get to know each yeah. other as adults yeah. afterwards. That's, like when you've both grown up, and then and you find I out who you are. That, like, do you, what's your relationship like with them now that you are all kind of grown-ups together? It's a weird one. I mean, I think, because I've got three sisters and a brother... My relationship with all of those people is quite different, yeah. but definitely it's there's a a little bit of something about being kids remains always in the you're way always, you interact with them. Yeah, well, they can push your buttons better than anybody else, oh, and they definitely. can also and also you you can banter with them probably better than anybody else. Mm. So you always have those roots, but it must be yeah interesting to see. I can't wait to see what like, directions my brothers. It's go kind of in. amazing. Yeah. Like. My sister changed so much. I'm, I mean, I'm really proud of my sister, my little sister. But it's it's really cool to see them become the adults that they are. It's going to be interesting. Are, my brother's yeah. just on the cusp of that, you see. My middle brother, Sam. Is, yeah, he's 17. He's, yeah. yeah, so he's about to cool. go to uni. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's about to, like, start off and be a little adult in his own right. Yeah, and then, and then you have them things where, you know, mm-hmm. you, you go and stay with each other at unis and yeah. sort of, like, yeah, go out, and be, God, like, God, drinking moment, or whatever. I, Imagine him looking after himself, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Mm. Oh, something to look forward to. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. It'd be interesting in my house. I don't know about you and your siblings, but me and my brothers, we were all very different as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. So we're yeah. kind of different, kind yeah. of similar in different ways. I think. Yeah, we've got the same like basis, the same personalities, the same sense of humour, but we've got very different interests. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely true with some of my siblings yeah. and me. <laughs> Certainly my little sister and me have very different interests, but also very similar interests. And you grew up in the countryside, mm. same as me, yeah. for a I've bit. Always been a, I've always been a yeah, country girl. In, in villages? Yep. Tiny villages where everybody knows everyone else, that kind of thing. Yeah. Completely. What's that like? <laughs> At the time, you hate it, but looking back, it's really, like, every, and everybody I know, like, you know, at the time you could just complain like, "Oh, it's so boring." But you learn to make your own entertainment. I mean, like growing up, we would never go out anywhere. We'd always have our own house parties, that kind of thing. Like the nicest entertainment was going over to somebody's house and yeah. just hanging out with getting everybody in one place. And um, so you kind of you complain, but you make the most of your resources. And now it's really nice because it's like a complete contrast to London life. So I often I used yeah. to tease that they'd be like London briny. And then you should see me at home. I'm different. Everybody is. Yeah. We like my friends who have kind of we've all dispersed across the country, but everybody likes going back to North Wales when we when we've got holiday time, for example, and they're all getting back together and doing old countryside stuff. <laughs> so what's the difference between mm-hmm. London Briony and uh, North Wales Briony? Here, at home, I'm kind of. I don't know. I guess my. I kind of feel more pressure to be a lot more productive I guess when I'm in London like to have things on the go all the time whereas in Wales it's like break break time and there's not as much to do so you kind of you focus on the little things and I'm still productive I still get still do loads of stuff but it's more like 
you know, you've got to go pick up such and such from the town, and so I go off with mum or something. It's a different pace, isn't yeah. it? I definitely that's, find that. That's what I mean. It's and I love it. Different. I mean, I, I'm, I definitely am someone who, when I'm in the... I mean, I, I like both places. Mm, you do. I kind of... My, my dream would be to have, like, a flat in London and a house yeah. in the countryside. So you'd be in relocation, relocation. Well, just travel between the two places. Yeah, yeah. Be able to do the cool London things without... without... without mm-hmm. having that... Because what's good about the countryside is the quiet mm-hmm. and the, the people, change just, of yeah. life. The like different just, things oh, that you prioritise, you know? Yeah. Like, you take more time to... Do different things like prepare a meal or something, for example. The countryside is where I'd like to write, and the city is where I like to do c- cool, creative things. That yeah, you could have still collaboration. More collaboration, I guess. Yeah. With the, yeah. One of the things that's different about mm. your life as a twenty-year-old to yeah. the life of, say, my parents or your parents' lives as twenty-year-olds is that well. I mean, there's the internet, but there's also, like, you're, you're a woman, uh, and things have changed to a certain extent for women yeah. in the world, but we also live in a quite a complicated culture towards women, I think, where there's a lot more kind of overt sexuality and all sorts of things like this. I mean, do you feel, do you feel like you're treated as an equal by your friend, by your male friends? Mm. <laughs> without without naming and shaming anyone <laughs> um, it would be difficult to say because I don't know I, you know, I've never had that experience of how they'd act with their male friends for example like well, do, do they act differently around me I don't know do you have male but friends I guess that's a good question I say I do tend to get on better with girls naturally like I do okay. gravitate towards girls they're just I don't know easy to get on, on with like immediately we just t- tend to click yeah. But, um, no boys. Um, yeah, no boys are fine. Like, you could, you'd, you'd have all the same interests these days. Yeah. You know, well, you'd I, it was the same in my day. Endlessly have something so. in common. Um, yeah, I'd say that you were equal. You'd discuss like, but at the, at the same time, there's always kind of a difference. Like, if you were discussing relationships or something, for example, there's still kind of you'd take like different standpoints. Yeah, I'd, no, I'm not really I, sure I, where I'm going with this. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, because it's honestly not something that I think about. Just, well, no, but in a way, yeah. the fact that you Which is the point, don't I think suppose. about it might mean that it's changed, or it might mean that it's not something that you think about. It's very hard to, also, to track it down. Also, it's quite difficult to answer these because I've got nothing to compare it to. Yeah. I don't know any other way. That's that's true. Mm. I mean, do you ever watch Mad Men or anything like that? Like that's a No. Like that's a shocking series and that you know, that's set in the like end of the fifties, beginning of the sixties mm. and it's quite shocking the way that women are treated and the way that men behave. Yeah. Uh it's quite a shock to our mm. sensibilities because we're not used to seeing that. Mm. Um but I still you know, I, I don't know I thought, yeah, it's 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 a it's a tricky one, really, because it's hard to you're not. I think the difference is now. I would find, like, for example, if a guy did something really quite sexist towards you, you'd have the ability to be kind of critical of that, not not necessarily to their face, but you'd go off to your girlfriends or whatever and just be like, "Well, that's not acceptable behaviour. I can't believe he acted like that. We're going to have to watch out for him." Then and he would be completely like shot down and that would be our way of kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. getting your own back because you know that that's wrong and so 
No, I don't think. I mean, it's, that's. I mean, I'm that's not an argumentative person. So. It'd be. It's. But that, that's on the same level as if, like, a woman spoke to you in a bitchy way. But I guess part of it's to do with aspiration, though. I mean, your aspiration now of, of, of your generation and my generation and, and, and probably a few generations back is, is that, we, you know, women and men both think of themselves as people who will have careers, will have oh, God, will yeah, work. And, you know, you're very committed to, to radio, yeah. which, is your, which is your kind of main, yeah. main push. In, in the past, you wouldn't have necessarily been able to have that kind of an outlook. I mean, yeah. I guess that's the way that we can really see how much it's changed. That's, yeah, that's a very good point. Like, today, it's kind of a, a novelty almost, or it's kind of a, like, you kind of take it as... It's like the opposite of feminism. Like, or actually, it's one of the most feminist statements you can probably make these days. If you did choose, right, I'm not, I don't want a career. I'm going to be a housewife. I mean, because all other women would kind of go, oh, what are you thinking? We fought so long to not be housewives, etc. Yeah. But it's perfectly acceptable if sure. that's somebody's lifestyle sure. choice. Yeah, just well, just if you you know, just as it's acceptable to be a house husband. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, absolutely, I agree mm. with you. And you're right; it's an interesting flashpoint to challenge people's kind of attitudes to these things. Mm. Well, very be much more affectionate with you than she ever is with anybody yeah, else. Barbie, because I'm nearest the fire. I just give off a vibe, Katy vibe. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> people, animals, Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> so, like, what? Why radio? Like, when when did that happen for you? Well, people do ask me this, and I have to kind of always... I don't know why I have to consider the answer every time. I always say the same thing. But I was kind of... It's a very vague answer, but I was... We were, you know, at that point where we had to choose what course we wanted to do for university, like what we had to pick. And I just had no idea what I wanted to do, except for the fact that I wanted it to be something that would kind of challenge me every day. Something that would be also be like really different every day, and that I could like work with new interesting people all the time, and just always have new things on the go, and it just basically it just you, you know your standard office night. I, I I don't think offices are actually like that, but at the time I did. They are but, kind of a bit like that. I don't. Yeah, a lot of them, I'm sure, are. Depends on the office. Yeah. Depends what you're doing. In yeah, that office. depends on the people that you're working with. Yeah, with. actually, yeah. people you're working with is essentially the thing. Makes I all think. the difference. You, you can be in a rubbish job, but if you've yeah. got nice people around, you I know just... completely. Like I know, I think I like I could be perfectly happy. I think working in a little cafe for ever and ever if I had the best team of people around me and you just enjoyed going to work, I'd be fine with that. But working in a little cafe would allow well, you to talk to people as well, which does seem to be. Like you seem interested in people. Is yeah. that is that what where the where the thing for radio, like yeah, comes probably. from? Do you think? Well, maybe that's developed a little bit more over time, just as as I've kind of grown up and had more experiences with different types of people and they've influenced me and stuff. But no, I just wanted to do something different, and like I really like listening. I like listening to the radio. Favorite first ever program that got me into it was Colin Murray's when he took over the John Peel slot. I don't know if you ever listened to that, but. I'm familiar with the yeah. with yeah. the program. I haven't heard it, but yeah, I've he heard of it. And he laughed, and it was sad. But by that time, I'd already yeah. And then I like did my research, and radio production was a course at Westminster. I was like, fancy that, and I applied. And it was a massive gamble. Obviously, I'd never done anything like it. I did a tiny bit of hospital radio after I'd applied, just to kind of prepare myself. But no, and then luckily it paid off because I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, my tastes in radio expanded and changed and I became aware of a lot more formats of radio and 
everything as I've gone on in the course. Like that's the beauty of it. We just cover everything. So not only do you get to try everything, you also get exposed to all different types of things like soundscapes and podcasts and live radio and you know, when you're in that world you just listen to a lot more of it. Or ideally you do. I know a lot of people who don't. You'd be amazed at how many people study radio and just never listen to the radio. Um, I wouldn't be that surprised. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who uh, study theatre that don't watch any theatre. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah, like taking not, your work home with you, you know. But yeah. it's like the last thing that you want to do is... <laughs> well, that's true. There's a lot of writers who stop reading books, but I always think that's a mistake. Oh, you've got to know what's going on. Yeah. Earlier on you said you'd have loved to have studied creative writing when I was... Well, this was off mic. We were yeah. talking about something or other of my university. I mean... Yeah. But that's something that I've kind of got quite interested in lately, actually, like recent, like within the last few months, really, is kind of I'm developing an interest in like poetry and literature. Okay. Yeah, I'm not massively well read. I did English literature in a sixth form, and that kind of completely put me off reading anything for pleasure because we had to study it so intently. Yeah, I think but that now I that for a lot of people. Yeah, like I love it's also that I just I love the idea of literature as well, like the idea of reading a book. But time it sucks it's so much easier to turn on your laptop and just like browse stuff but no and then I think as a as a way of kind of like you said like I'm into trying new things I'd I'd give it a go don't know if I'd be any good at it so are you writing then at the moment no but I haven't tried it but I like the interested idea of it, in it yeah it's harder than you think I bet it's it probably is. easier than some people make out as well it's like somewhere in the middle well I could string a good sentence together but, sure. but that's not that's not all of it. I'm not going to presume that that's you know it's a it's a process. It's a whole, whole process. Yeah. That cat is funny. You've really charmed her. I know she loves me. Hello. It's I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not even scratching you. She just loves you. Normally, she just scratches people like in a kind of weird way. Mm-hmm. You came to a live recording of Getting Better Acquainted. Mm-hmm. And you asked a question, I think you asked a question to me in the question and answers thing about doing conversations with people about kind of mental health issues or like dark stuff. And you were interested in why, like how people could talk, like how, how people would feel comfortable talking about that. Yeah. I mean, did, did that come from somewhere? What, what, what was the thinking behind that question? I guess it just stems from like my interest in people you get you know it's it's in, you know it's impressive and I think it's very admirable when people can talk very candidly about themselves and their innermost like their inner thoughts and everything because that's always the thing that somebody's cu- most curious about somebody else about is oh yeah you know that kind of stuff and then you compare yourself and and it's how you get to learn about something and I could do you mean like Hang on, well, ask me something else. <laughs> ask you something else? Yeah, no, not something else. No, but I don't mean like that. But a follow-on question. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. this. Like, there's, a, there's been a few times in this uh, in this conversation that you've like it's been quite meta because you, you, you're thinking on both sides of the uh, both sides of the mic. You're trying to <laughs> almost trying to interview yourself at moments, which is interesting. Well, yeah, it's more like I kind of I like I always kind of I'm quite. I don't form opinions very strongly, basically. Mm-hmm. And so if there's another question that can prompt another train of thought, that helps me form an opinion. <laughs> well, I guess when you asked the question, I wondered if you yourself have 
like experiences that you would like to talk candidly about of of kind of your own inner inner life mm. but also I wondered you know it was an interesting question to be asked so I wondered about yeah. the rationale I think that's very like that's a really shrewd like good observation of you because <laughs> I think you're pretty much spot on it's that I'm not usually like I can talk but I very very rarely will talk about myself I just I'm a very private person I kind of I don't even realize that I'm doing it most of the time like I won't talk about things that are on my mind particularly with friends or anything like that or yeah at a party you're the one who's asking the question exactly and so I guess in in a way it's I just find it interesting you know to just to see what other people's attitudes towards being open and they're kind of yeah they just talk talking about things that they think and I guess I'm kind of curious kind of curious of how the consequences of it like what happened do they feel better like is yeah, it a good thing for good them question. how do they get to that place you know obviously then selfishly I kind of think is it something that I should do more should I start dumping on everybody mm, maybe a bit more yeah, it's got to be I think talking about mm-hmm. your your emotional processes is important but I think you can do it too much as well. And it has to be with the right person. It has to be with the right person. It has to be in the right environment. It has mm-hmm. to be in a moment. Like, I, I don't have a problem with people revealing of themselves on mic if it feels safe. Because I think it will be taken in a... Mm-hmm. Hope, I hope that getting better acquainted gets taken by its listeners in a different way than you would you know it's not sensationalising it you kind of go through the experience with the person yeah. and it's well, ultimately you... liberating for the audience as well as the the, the guest what were you going to say I cut you off by accident I was going to say because they've stuck with you for so long <laughs> for that whole like hour of podcast you know they're gonna yeah they've got to know you yeah. yeah that's the hope and so once you know someone you don't judge them in the same kind of way mm-hmm. I hope and also I think it's really liberating for people to hear <clears throat> with those kind of issues like mental health or whatever mm. it's really important for people to know that there's other people who have those feelings yeah, who definitely. are out there and that you're not alone I mean you know I mean when you're talking about being a teenager and being emotional with your, your mum you know that's a great leveller so many people have had that experience and actually you know there's a lot lot mm-hmm. to, to connect with when you when you talk about that I mean one of the conversations that I I'm kind of most like proud's the wrong word almost when a conversation goes well I feel blessed like it's I know it's a weird word for me because I'm not religious but I just feel lucky you know that that happened I had that experience and mm-hmm. one of them is was with a, a a young lady called Sam who I worked with and I guess I, I started working with her when she was she was probably 16 so she's a little bit older than you but you know if She's probably your like main competition for youngest member before. <laughs> She's had quite a complicated life. And one of the things we, t- we we talked about that was very moving was her relationship with her mum and how she'd been so bad and how she felt so bad about that and that mm-hmm. whole kind of process. That's something I watched happen in my household as well. So it's something I kind of feel something about. And it's also, I've had my own issues with my parents at times. Yeah. It's really interesting to hear people talk about that stuff when they have come to a new realization about it. Yeah. So for her, she'd had a she's got a daughter, mm-hmm. 
And so having that daughter suddenly made her understand the feelings that her mum had about her as a child. Mm -hmm. And suddenly she understood how, when she thought she was being reasonable as a 16-year-old of saying, no, I'm going to do things my way, my life, my rules, Mm -hmm. her mum had these parental feelings that she suddenly had and she realised, oh God, that's what I was like and and that kind of... And and with Yuri, the person who you were at the conversation with, yeah. she's around my age, so she's looking back, mm-hmm. like I am, in, when I talk yeah. about my childhood or my thing, it's kind of looking back at a distance. Mm-hmm. And what you don't yeah. have at 20... That's the thing that is it's, the distance. I am very, always really, really impressed by people who have all of that like self-awareness and like self... But like, we didn't have it when be, we were 20. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, I think some people do. I don't know. Some people do, of yeah, course. And I don't want to be passionate. Some people them. are born with it. Yeah. Some people are like five. They and know exactly got, yeah. like how they're seen by the world and how they affect it and mm. what, you know, what their actions mean for them and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I think that's really, that's amazing. I'd love to be more like that. I'm not like that at all. No. So maybe that's... But then I wasn't when I was 20. And I think I'm probably not still, but it's all, it's all a process. But yes. I definitely think like last few years I've got some perspective on my teens that I never thought I would have like okay so here's an example of how I said at the beginning when I was 20 I felt like I knew everything mm-hmm. so what what here's an example of what I mean by that when I was 20 yeah. I thought I dealt with all of the things from my childhood and my teens mm-hmm. and like I was like I went away to uni and I was like right here's a chance to be me well, that's be as you, much me it? as possible and I was very it's, militant about it yeah. yeah ten years later suddenly I was like oh god actually haven't really dealt with that stuff I've got to deal with that in a different way I've got mm-hmm. to kind of come up with new ways of of seeing the world and approaching myself and mm-hmm. my family and my family history yeah I couldn't have done that until I had the distance to look back you know, I think when I was twenty, and I'm not, I'm not comparing us in that. I'm not, I'm not suggesting no. that you've had I think that, any experiences of any kind. Yeah. I'm just saying you whatever those undergo, experiences are. You have to undergo several changes, I guess, before you can look back. Otherwise, you know, a you've got no comparisons, and b otherwise you're still changing. And how can you possibly look back? I guess without, whilst you're still. Yeah, how could you judge anything that you're doing then when you're still doing things differently now? That's what struck me most about when we were at the live recording, and maybe that's what prompted me to have that conversation, is, or to ask that question even, is that there's very few moments these days where you will just sit down and have like an hour-long, intense conversation yeah. with somebody. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe that maybe it skews it and you bring out more kind of self-reflectivity than people might otherwise show they might examine themselves a lot more because mm. it's that intensity of conversation well it is like therapy mm. in some ways yeah because because therapy is one of those times when you do sit down and you have an intense conversation mm-hmm. for around about an hour yeah like it's very rare that somebody would want to take an interest in you in, in you for like an hour i suppose i don't know when yeah. you st- when you first get in a relationship uh you have those kind of intense oh, conversations um and you kind of carry on doing them periodically um, yeah. Normally, when you go, I find my personal experience is when me and Jen have those kind of intense, personal, deep conversations is when we go on holiday or whatever. We're out of the context and then we kind of reconnect, you know. Oh, yeah, that sounds nice. Mm, it is good. It's rare, but it's good. Rare, rare to go on holiday or. <laughs> uh, yeah, rare to stop. Yeah, mm. we're in different ways these um, days. We've both, we're both workaholics. Jen would, would, would deny that but that's part of her workaholicness of thinking that she's never doing enough yeah it's Sorry. 
what I was going to say. It's my fault. Bad interview skills right there. No, it's just because I just noted that it was really funny that when you said something about Jen being a workaholic, you kind of like guiltily glance at the microphone like, I know that you're listening to this, but... Yeah. Or if she... <laughs> I've done the same thing and I just thought it was a funny habit. <laughs> no, it is. Well, we're, we're aware of the mic because yeah. we both use them. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. Like some people in these conversations are not aware of the mic and some are. Mm. But yeah, uh, that's going to be like my whole dissertation is <laughs> going to be like interview technique, basically. Really? Yeah, not just for radio, but for TV and stuff, like in documentaries. Just because I find it so interesting how it can completely either change somebody's attitude or you can change their attitude to it. And, you know, interviewing is a really interesting process. Yeah, how people get that stuff yeah. out. Well, it's like that famous Frost Nixon. Do you know about that? Have you seen the film? No. It's a good film, worth watching. Mm-hmm. And it might be interesting watching if you're writing about yeah. interviews. But it's like the right question at the right time. Exactly. gets the right answer you know Generally. and I don't even know if David Frost is in my in my estimation a brilliant interviewer I think mm-hmm. like so much of that was just about time and a moment and maybe Nixon wanted to say that you know like you never know yeah. how much how what much is all the subtleties like what did he do maybe without even realising yeah well how much is the guest and how much is the interviewer because mm-hmm. in these kind of conversations certainly it can be led as much by the guest as anything like I am at a luxury in this format of going wherever you go. So if you went yeah, it's great. in one direction, I can I go that way. That's what I initially found really interesting is that it can just be exactly about anything. You can offer any topic. We could talk and about what we watched on TV last night. And yeah, and you never know what to expect. I mean, is mm. that's exciting about it. So the final question that I ask people is, do you have anything to plug now, you're a listener to the show, so you've heard a few people get asked this question in different, mm. in different contexts. And if you're a listener to the show, you know that some people take it very literally and some people take it very general and some people get all... Live life to the max, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people do that stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that plug-wise, anything that I would be plugging is also your stuff from now on. So go to Stand Up Tragedy on the 18th of January. That's cool. This won't go out before the 18th of January, I don't That's think. true. But there'll be another one. The next yeah, the next one that's coming up. Because Brian is going to be on. doing the podcast. He's going to be pretty much in charge of the podcast. To a certain extent. The only plug I'd make, it'd be more of a kind of a, a plea. If anybody's listening to this who has any radio-related content that I might be interested in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Send me a line. Uh, drop me an email at... Uh, GBA podcast at gmail.com um, and I'll forward it on to Bryony. Give me a job. Yeah, get, oh yeah. So, and she's worth giving a job because she's not only is she tenacious uh, uh, and good with people, she's really enthusiastic and has a, a lot to offer. Thank you. That's I can make like an audio there you go. I've reference. Already, yeah, I've already I done do my reference. audio reference for you. on my CV. That's different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> make you stand out from the crowd. Well, it's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, Bryony. Yeah, and I was looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's been fun. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, it's just, I think that's the, the key thing really is that, you know, there isn't very much difference in terms of people like people are like age is a number in some respects Mm. but I think that the interesting thing is that it is just that like having the that distance to look back like I guess like you're where you could look back on from a distance yeah is your childhood and childhood 
no one remembers properly because it's a weird time. Yeah, you totally don't. So much of it, yeah. for instance. <laughs> you kind of, and plus, it's a lot more. We would say, maybe in a way, yeah, a lot more kind of mundane, maybe. So you sort of, there's humongous chunks of it that I bet you wouldn't remember. Or it's funny what your brain filters, isn't it? Yeah. Like what you do remember and you don't remember. Well, it's yeah, weird for me. Yeah, like the randomest tiny moments that at the time have no significance. Like and then what? I'll completely like forget a massive birthday party or something. <laughs> so what, what random moments do you... What, um, I mean... Let's go for one of the earliest. I think it's just because I was impressed by this. I was like three or four years old or something and we were in the supermarket and then I was just kind of watching in the aisles maybe I was in the trolley I don't remember that bit and this man he just like like not storms but just like power walks past us leans down and without even stopping grabs a carton of milk and just carries on around the corner and like why would my four year old brain have chosen to hold on to that memory yeah. <laughs> It's like one of my most vivid. I don't remember like much about my mum and hanging out with my mum and dad or anything at that point. I don't remember my no, birthdays. You know, that's interesting. It is, isn't it? I bet you have the same thing. Yeah, no, I've I've got very specific early memories, but they're all <laughs> relatively related to something family related. So it's quite oh. rare. To, uh, well, not I don't know if it's rare. It's not my experience. But yeah, no, that's interesting. Like you, you, you went into a kind of you had a Proustian rush about. The, the the milk delivery earlier on when I was oh why am I mentioning milk, milk you know I don't even like milk <laughs> you don't like yeah you didn't have hardly any milk in your yeah, coffee but I don't like dairy very you much you seem to have these memories of milk yeah it's just do you ever find that you just have a common theme <laughs> yeah well when when I was taking well the thing was wasn't it was the bottles of milk reminded you of having milk delivery and so I guess it would have been a really sound would it have been a it just sound? makes me like completely look like everything. I never think about milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes you like a milk obsessive. Yeah, but it's never a part of like an issue in my life ever, except for today. Yeah. So don't get the wrong impression. No of one's going to think that you're into milk. <laughs> but it was interesting that you had that kind of mem- very vivid memory that you were talking about about the sound of milk. I mean, Jen, mm. Jen has mem- like is very sensory memory. Like she doesn't re- like she remembers oh, that's smells cool. or that's cool. sounds. I'd like to be like that. Sounds. That'd be cool. What do you remember? You... Do you remember? Do you remember just the visuals? Or? Sometimes it smells and stuff. It's usually just visuals. Yeah. 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 That would be cool if you could just like smell something and then remember. I nearly remember memory. Nearly all of my memories I remember um, from outside my body. I'm seeing myself, so none of them are true. None of them are true. Because they're all of me, and I can't see me, so they must not be true. I know what you mean. There are those (laughs) things, like, there are memories where I've, like, seen a photograph, maybe, and I don't remember the actual thing, but I think I remember it, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those times, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that after digressing about memory for a moment... uh, and it's that's the thing is is you know it's a funny thing we're recording this conversation on a Friday night quite late well not quite late nine thirty but late 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 enough in the winter to feel kind of like late, a late evening. World. God, this last week is mental. Getting up at like seven, and so I'm dead by ten o'clock this time. God, yeah, yeah. and it's funny, like you know, you're but you're bucking the stereotype of a student on a Friday night, sat drinking a cup of coffee that's and having thing, a chat. Yeah, I could, like. 
Like 9.30. Can I make myself look more like a party animal? I'm getting really drunk tomorrow and having Christmas dinner with my friends. Does that count? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's that, what I get. That, that makes you a little bit more in character. To be fair, I'm third year now, so... Well, I, I, you know... Things are different. Do you know what? When you're 31, you still might get drunk occasionally. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> all like a, every weekend freshers. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people might be. Maybe I'm just missing out. Yeah, did you do that? Did you embrace that whole university thing? Or did you just, like... I got it. Anyway, I embraced London more, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I was totally keen on going out and just trying everything. Doing interesting yeah, things. Yeah, like, when there was a good event on, I yeah. wanted to go to it. I wanted to hang out in parks. I wanted to go to this gallery. I wanted to go to this venue. I wanted to... Whoa! That was amazingly loud in my ears. Oh. Yeah. It's just a text from my mum literally saying the word great. Cool. Don't worry. Yeah, there you go. My mum's text. If only she was talking about me rather than whatever I said. Um, <laughs> oh, <don't>, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you, yeah, you, you, you're, you're bucking the, the stereotype, but you're still a, a party animal on yeah, occasion. For, in regards of like the friendship group and stuff that I'm in, I think I'm pretty like pretty normal. Yeah. We go out an equal amount. Well, we don't really. Does that sound bad? What? Like, we don't we don't really go out as such, but we have good times. Yeah. We well, I, I quite like staying in. Yeah. It's cheaper for yeah. a start. No, than that, like, you know, I'm perfectly satisfied with social life and stuff. And, but that's cool. This is more to life. <laughs> I wasn't, I was, yeah. No, no, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't meaning to, uh, to challenge you on, uh, yeah, on, no, on okay. your... On your adequacy of studentness or not. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, I wouldn't want to be like that anymore anyway. Wow, yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. Oh, good God, no. It's intense. So, the last thing I ask people to do... I was just thinking, plus being like, oh, right. stuck in Harrow, it's a trek, it's a mission to go out, you know, from... That's where our campus is, so... Oh, right. Yeah, so if we ever did want to go out, we'd have to go, like, into Central and get, like, a night bus home. Are you living on campus? Yeah, no, I, well, I did, and now I live near it, so that I don't have to pay for travel expenses. All the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God, so you're going all the way back to Harrow tonight. That's well, we I'm better wrap it up. You're staying, yeah, much yeah, longer. Yeah, sure. Right, well, it's been uh, a pleasure getting better acquainted to you. As I have said, the last thing <laughs> I ask people is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, GBA listeners. Look out for me in the future. Working on Dave's podcast. Absolutely. Bye. The next stand-up tragedy live show is going to be on the 17th of May at the Hackney Attic. Things kick off at 7.30. It's going to be a really full night of amazing tragic acts. Come along. It's only going to be five quid and it's going to be a really great night. The last two that we've done in 2013 have been really well attended and have had a great reaction from the audiences. So get yourself along. But if you don't live in London, and you can't come, then you should absolutely check out the Stand Up Tragedy podcast, which Bryony produces. She's doing an amazing job. Since January this year, we've been releasing weekly highlights from the show, and she's really revolutionised the format of the show. We've really improved the sound quality, and it's a really great podcast. I'm so grateful to have Bryony working on the project. She's doing such an amazing job. You can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Stitcher Smart Radio, and you can find it on SoundCloud. 
www.standuptragedy.co.uk You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast You can find it on Facebook It's Getting Better Acquainted Have a search on Facebook and like it Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.